0: What's up, podcasters? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Chief Psycho Podcast. I'm your host, JB, a.k.a. Chief Psycho himself. I'm so excited for this week's conversation, compliance without confusion. We're going to be talking about all the things quirky, techy, and, you know, safety related (laughs) to make sure that we are not putting ourselves at risk of a potential data breach. And who other than the infamous Amy Wood to have this conversation with? Amy Wood is a best-selling author, speaker, consultant, and coach. She has a background in healthcare information technology and has spent the last decade as a HIPAA educator, risk assessor, and data breach consultant. Out of the hundreds of data breach investigations that she specifically has consulted on, her clients have received zero fines and zero patient lawsuits. Amy takes her boring, everyday compliance course and turns it into an entertaining and educational conversation. Let's hop over to our interview with Amy now. Hey, Amy. Thanks for joining us on the Chief Psycho Podcast this week. How are you doing? I am very well. How are you? I am doing great. Doing great. So happy to be with you in person here in San Diego. You get to experience the gloomy weather down here.
1: It's just like home. (laughs) Don't we call it uh, foggest?
0: Oh see I've not heard that before but that would make a lot of sense because in Arizona we had monsoon season so right now we'd be in monsoons with dust and storms and hot rain. (laughs) Well I'm so excited to have you featured this week. We're going to be talking about some really cool things that you are super passionate about but before we even dive into that Share with me a little bit about your story. What got you into what you're doing today and what has you still doing what you're doing today?
1: Well, I didn't plan on becoming a geek. That was not <laughs> on my roadmap. <laughs> I kind of fell into it. Uh, the long journey and a short story is that I somehow landed in healthcare at a very early age, starting with a nursing home Mm -hmm. and then moved to a surgical ICU and somehow ended up nannying for a dentist (laughs) and then met my husband and we were doing dental IT at that point. And uh, I got into doing HIPAA and cybersecurity because I was doing IT, but also because my dental x-rays were in a data breach. Oh, wow. And my name, birth date, social security number, and my insurance medical record number were on those x-rays. And so since then, I've gotten involved with a lot of government agencies and done a lot of data breaches in the last 10 years. And out of that, I know that my name, birth date, social, and insurance information, they're worth about $385. That's it. Wow. Wow. But I also know I've been sold over 60,000 times. So knowing all of that is kind of insulting, given what I do for a living now, right? (laughs) Right.
0: Jeez. That is crazy.
1: That's the short version of it.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) The longer version includes stupid people.
0: (laughs) Hey, we're always experiencing it in some way, shape, or form, right? I think it's incredible to hear that you created an entire opportunity and career inside of something that really could have been... At, in some instances, life threatening and life jeopardizing and shifting, you know, having that type of information out in the public, there's a reason why we have policies like HIPAA in place. So mm-hmm. I can imagine the scary things that you were dealing with or experiencing at that point in time in your life and career. And geez, <laughs>
1: crazy. I was dealing with titanium rejection and oh, an wow. infant and a toddler and a young business at the same time. Ooh. So, uh, it was not fun. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Mm. It's like glitter. It just shows up in random places. It pops up at inconvenient times. (laughs) Seriously.
0: It's always everywhere. It's always a strand of something left behind, similar to like sand. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I imagine that's one of the reasons why you chose to get into this field is because of that personal experience that you endured and you had to find a solution for it. So as you were starting to navigate into this angle of your career, what were some of the things that were showing up for you? What kept you in the space and why did you choose cyber?
1: Well, at the time I was doing IT for dental offices and I realized that most of our clients were either ignorant mm. of the regulations toward them or they were uninformed or ill-informed. Mm. And I decided that once once HIPAA started integrating technology and security and now cybersecurity into that law there had to be someone to talk about it in a way that people mm-hmm. understood yeah. so that it actually would affect change instead of just go through the check boxes yeah so for you know decades i mean hipaa's been around since 1996 but it was all privacy and paperwork yeah. and that was fine for many many years but then as soon as we got all that technology you know that moves at a much faster pace so the turnover rate on a computer now If you get three to four, maybe five years out of a computer, you're lucky. Mm. It didn't used to be that way. So now it's just – it's an entirely different game. And, uh, you know, I had that realization with our clients at the time. And I started having a conversation. And out of that, someone requested, well, why don't you give CE for this? Mm. And I'm in California. And at the time, the dental board didn't allow this. Like, it wasn't on the list of, uh, of approved courses for CE. Oh, wow. For dental license renewal. Okay. So they could get it, but and it would count, but it wasn't one of the required courses, even though OSHA and infection control and basic life support were. So, um, you know, I effected change there. I got that change. Now it's added and everyone has to take it. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's changed and it's, it's a good change, but there's still a lot of misinformation.
0: Yeah. You know, I remember back in my corporate days, we would have our HIPAA annual training and it was nothing more than a self-guided video or (laughs) demo of something that you had to just go at the very end and click. I acknowledge that I watched this video.
1: And it had nothing to do with your job role, right? Not one single
0: <laughs> anything. <laughs> I wasn't talking to patients. I was talk, wasn't was talking to anything clinical related. I wasn't dealing with medications. I was dealing with projects. So that was just part of our annual quote unquote training that we needed to go through just mm-hmm. to attest to say that we did. But now that I hear the story and hear the conversations and the true impacts that actually happen, you know, it, it's it's, it's very scary. It's very scary how it can really damage someone's reputation. It can take away someone's livelihood. It can really impact someone's freedom if it's just so scarcely and, no, and really randomly shared and breached, right? I mean, the best way, shape, or form to talk about it is the form of a breach. So that's just crazy to me um <laughs> when we well,
1: and i've dealt with it yeah. I've, I've had multiple incidents of financial identity theft like mm. weird random stuff like someone tried to add additional cell phones to my account so that oh. they could intercept my two-factor authentication text messages
0: no way yep.
1: i had someone uh last year actually tried to uh call my business credit card company and add an authorized user wow And and last year I also had someone use my insurance information and impersonate me to try to get surgery.
0: Oh my goodness. This is like identity theft in real life. I just get all (laughs) the 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 fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And speaking of the financial piece, when I, I remember when I was, had just turned 16, I was able to go open up my first checking account Mm -hmm. and my, ever since then, and I've had this issue since I found out at the bank, Bank of America when I was 16 years old That my social security number is attached to somebody else. Mine too. So every time that I would take it in, I'd have to have the physical copy of mine so I can say, no, I am Jonathan Bonanno. This is my number. This is me. And every single time it's ran, this person named um, Marco something shows up.
1: Yep. Nikki Estrada, who's actually in prison for identity theft. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. I can't make it up. (laughs) Nikki Estrada. Yep. Someone fat fingered our, uh, and transposed the numbers on our social security numbers. Wow. So yeah, she shows up on my credit report. I show up on hers.
0: That's crazy. That is so crazy. So imagine with all of this showing up with cyber and the evolution of technology and everything else consistently evolving. I mean, you were spot on talking about the computers. I mean- There's a reason why I think Apple is releasing one new thing every year, right? Because it's just getting outdated. But how do people navigate through some of these cybersecurity threats and just be more self-aware?
1: Well, there's a couple of things I like to tell people. So you have to look at it holistically. You can't say, if I get this antivirus, I will be better protected, Or if I have this insurance, that's all I need. You have to look at it as a multi-layered defense system. So, kind of, you know, look at your physical security. If you have a lock, a deadbolt, an alarm, a surveillance system. um, You know, in offices, if you have an on-prem server. If it's in a locked room or a cage or something and it's encrypted and it doesn't have a monitor and keyboard on it, you've got six, seven layers of defense there. Mm. At that point, if someone manages to break in and get past all of those defenses, that's some, you know, Ocean's Eleven kind of stuff. (laughs) And they've earned the right to steal your stuff at that point. But you've made a plan by having all those layers in place so that it's a minor inconvenience instead of a major catastrophe. Wow. So that's one thing. You have to look at it as a multi-layered defense. And also looking at everything as it's not just the technology that will address cybersecurity. It's a combination of people, process, and technology. Mm-hmm. And it starts with people. They're always okay. your weakest link. Wow. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. So that pre-recorded training you did kind of sucks. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And that brings me um, to an experience that I had. I remember when I was in my first corporate position. No, my second corporate position, there was an entire company-wide shutdown because there was somebody that clicked on that little... It was before it transitioned into Microsoft Teams. It was like Skype Messenger or something. And we used to ping each other on it. Mm -hmm. Somebody somewhere in the world, happened to come in and pinged one of our team members and said, hey, we need to run a diagnostic on your computer, X, Y, Z. But it came up as like that little jumping paperclip guy, like Uh from the 90s or or thousands, whatever time it was. I don't know. I'm older than (laughs) you. It
1: it was Clippy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Clippy (laughs) popped up and um, this individual on my team, she clicked on Clippy and then all of these like coding windows Uh started popping up. We could not work for over four and a half hours. And this was like in the middle of our day. So we had to stay off of our computers. We had to stay off of everything. The moment she clicked on that little Clippy, they got access to everything. And I never thought about this beyond because I was going through, you know, pre-recorded trainings. That was Mm -hmm. it, attesting to what what to look for. There's nothing that talks about how they slip in and then act as though they're somebody from your IT team. Like, that's what's scary and mind-baffling to me because I'm like
1: called phishing. Yeah, for how a smart
0: are you? Like, I can't think that way
1: <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, but the hackers are, and they're way smarter than all of us when it comes to this. Yeah. You know, I had a situation a couple weeks ago where I went for a doctor's appointment, and they had a sign at the front desk that said, uh, "You must show your ID at the time of your appointment." Mm. And so I handed both my insurance card and my my ID over, yeah. and I thanked her said, you know, I'm really grateful that you're checking IDs. I really appreciate it. And she rolled her eyes and said, I really don't know why we do that. And so I shared a very brief version of what happened to me. And she's like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, to hear someone actually say this is what's happening, you know, it actually makes sense now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes you think about, like, the real purpose. Yeah. And the purpose behind why people are asking these questions. And this is a great example for people not knowing. They don't understand. They're not mm-hmm. taking the time to know why they're just being told this is part of the task this is part of the process check the so box. check it off exactly so then what happens when we're choosing to neglect that what ends up happening after that the whole list of other issues and risks and threats mm-hmm. that might show up too so it just it's interesting because like you mentioned the people process technology it comes back to the people yep. but where's the breakdown happening probably somewhere inside of how they train that person Mm -hmm. and then how are they responsible for following that process when they themselves don't even know what it is or what the outcome is supposed to be for.
1: I also hear a lot of buzzwords. Like Mm. I hear people using terms like cybersecurity and compliance and they use them as sales terms. Okay. So a lot of sales people, like I heard, I heard a vendor not too long ago saying, we'll handle all your cybersecurity and it's a a cloud platform. And it's disingenuous, it's a sales term now instead of an actual education term. And it's just it's hard to hear it in the industry. It's hard to to watch that happen because it just gives people a false sense of security. Yeah. Like telling people just because you have a Mac, you don't need
0: antivirus. <laughs> yeah, well and that's a great example. I remember everyone in high school that was the fad thing. Mm-hmm. You gotta get the new MacBook, you gotta get the new Air, the Pro, whatever. You don't have to worry about anything once you transfer over to it because you're gonna be protected. So what happens is the first time my husband buys a Mac, I tell him everything that I got buzzed about. It's like, oh, no, you're fine. Screw Norton. Anybody else? We don't need McAfee. Who are they? No one should need McAfee. Yeah, no. We don't don't use McAfee either. (laughs) But he got completely hacked to the point where he can't use that laptop. He can't even wipe it, clean it, nothing. So we're just holding on to it until... I don't know maybe we throw it over a bridge or something but it, it doesn't work so yeah. i know when i got mine i was like no i'm getting norton i'm getting all the virus protection protection stuff on there even if it's just like a safeguard or whatever else mm-hmm. because it's not my field i don't know and you know, I'm pretty gullible with things. If someone's saying, like, oh, you need to do this to be safe and, like, fear of risk, I'm like, okay, great. I, I'm going to listen to you most of the time. But then I also have to end up paying for it, right? Right. <laughs> That's the thing that sucks.
1: Well, you have to. I mean, the minimum standards now are business-grade antivirus, patching, okay. which is not just your operating system. It's all your internet programs, too. Okay. Uh, it's having a firewall and not the one provided by your internet provider. Yeah. <laughs> you know, business-grade actual firewall with, um, with a unified threat management. So it's like an extra layer of protection there. And Uh it's basically, it's going to prove who did what and when, Mm. which is very important. And and a huge part of HIPAA is being, is the audit trail and, you know, healthcare in general, especially smaller healthcare, they struggle with that. And, um, and then the last piece is backups and that that's even changed in the last few years, you know, having a cloud backup was sufficient and now it's, uh, I think the FBI calls it three, two, one, you have three different kinds of backups in two different ways. One of them completely offsite and or offline. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So how was
0: the transition coming from owning a technology supporting agency and organization transitioning into, you know, the educator space that you're operating in now? How has been that journey for you?
1: Um, Has its ups and downs. Uh, It's it's better for my marriage, I will say. (laughs) Uh, We're not having conversations about, you know, a a single monitor that has to be replaced or, Uh, you know, little things. It's... Uh, the liability is a lot less. Okay. So, you know, at the end of the day, if someone decided I don't want to use my encrypted email or I, I think this computer's too expensive or, you know, any of those things that we'd get pushback on at the end of the day, it still affected me, my team, my marriage, my bottom line. It affected everything. Yeah. And we were one ransomware away from losing all credibility.
0: Ooh. even though
1: it wasn't our fault, yeah, you know, but we couldn't stop everything with consulting and educating, you know, I'm getting people to think about things and I feel like I'm truly affecting change. Mm. And I mean, obviously that part feels great. (laughs) I love that part. And I'm the crazy hippo lady that gets on stage with glitter and sequins. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, But you know, it's, it's different because, I just don't want to keep getting calls where someone says, I got this thing or this thing happened and I didn't know that Mm. that was a thing. I didn't know I should be doing that. So that's why I'm educating.
0: I love that. I think it's so powerful too because when people start to recognize and experience things for their own, their own selves or themselves, excuse me, they don't know what they don't know. So when you have somebody that's in the space that's doing it intentionally, they're actually caring for you, like the way that you're positioning and making it fun and having a playful conversation about such a serious topic, I think is a really magical way of bringing in that new lightness and bringing in that fun for people to think for themselves, to go back to their practice or go back to their company and be like, huh, maybe I should actually spend some time in this area because I have no idea what's going on. Right. I just call Amy and Amy shows up and she does do, do, do and things work, right? right? Like how many people do we have like that? I know I had that. I didn't know any of that stuff. So I called Steven. Hey, Steven's I need a new monitor. Something's not working. I don't know. I reset it, everything and still doesn't work. And I
1: live be- with one of those. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So when we're in those conversations, yeah. it's like, I'm somebody that likes to be more self-sufficient, so if I can go to you and learn and understand and then educate myself further with you, that's a no-brainer. But like for the people that are out there that are ignorant to wanting to know or ignorant to wanting to understand, I don't know, are they just going to sit and suffer? Probably, but that's what I don't understand is like why don't people expand the way they're thinking about them, that type of conversation, and this topic in particular.
1: Yeah. So, again, I think it goes back to, you know, people have a preconceived idea as to what HIPAA mm. is, mm-hmm. and they don't understand technology. It scares them. Yeah. So they'd rather bury their head in the sand and say, I'm going to do the bare minimum. Mm. Or the people that are talking about it are people like my husband who don't know how to convey this to normal humans. Mm. Tech Tech talk. The geek speak. Yeah, absolutely. I speak geek. Like, I I get in those circles and I'm like, okay, I understand this, I understand this. I I go to my FBI meetings, I understand everything they're talking about, and that's when I want to come home, turn off all internet, and go be a prepper in Idaho. Like, (laughs) I am all for that every time I come back from one of those meetings, but... Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. It's a great life. Uh, and in some ways it's a better life. Yeah. So, you know, the, I, I'm just, I'm tired of hearing the same things over and over again. Mm. That's really what it is. Yeah.
0: I love that. Amy, it's been such a pleasure having you on this week's episode. Before we let you go, give us some moments of inspiration. What do you have something to share with the audience that they can definitely take away from? And of course,
1: how can they follow you and reach out? So I will share a story. Okay. It's a very short story. Uh, I do have a longer version of it, but (laughs) I'll share the short one. Uh, I just want people to be prepared. So you can't stop everything from happening, but you can make a plan for how it will affect you and practice that plan. Uh, We had a incident when we had the wild country or the wildfires in wine country in 2017. And it took out a big chunk of my city and and killed a bunch of people and it was very very sad times and we're still dealing with it and um you know i, I usually talk about how we responded to it, and mm. we responded poorly. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, we hadn't practiced that. We knew how to handle individual structure fire, we knew how to handle earthquake, we, we weren't ready for mass evacuation. And by not respond well, I mean that my husband, in the middle of the night, with bad ADHD and unmedicated, decided that was a great time to open the dishwasher and start unloading it. <laughs> and then because of his distractibility issues, he wandered off into the garage garage and there's nothing in the garage that we actually needed to take with us. I'm <laughs> trying to get the safe and the wedding pictures and like get the kids out and yeah. find the cats and yeah. you know the important things. And um I ended up walking right into that open dishwasher and I just remember lying on top of it, well first thinking, I'm so glad that he actually screwed it in and it didn't <laughs> fall on me and crush me. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, I ended up saying to him, of course I didn't say it nicely <laughs> because I was in pain. Yeah. I, I remember telling him, you know, the fire and the firefighters don't care where the dishes are. How about we get the cats and get the kids and get out of here? Yeah. There's a lot more colorful language in there. <laughs> and it was said at a very shrill shriek. <laughs> uh, and that is the story of how I ended up tearing my rotator cuff oh. and needed surgery. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if you're going to do something, just start, don't be paralyzed. Mm. And and practice your plans, because when you're faced with a true emergency, you don't want to be practicing for the first time. Mm -hmm. You'll have your own falling into the dishwasher incident. Yeah. Wow.
0: So powerful. And how can people learn more about you and follow you and follow your story and hire you?
1: Yeah. So my business is Copper Penny Consulting. And uh, there's a backstory on that too. Yeah. <laughs> my youngest daughter, her name is Penny and she has the dark oh. copper hair oh. and she has always been our little lucky lucky Penny. Oh, she I was love not that. supposed to happen. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Yeah. So Copper Penny Consulting, follow me. I'm on social media a lot or my website is copperpennyconsulting.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week, Amy. It's been such a pleasure i hope you enjoy the rest of your travels and your fun time here in san diego we're gonna go have some fun (laughs) yes